You're listening to Living Faith, the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Avon Park, Florida. First Baptist Church is located at 100 North Lake Avenue in Avon Park, Florida. We meet Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school and 10.45 a.m. for morning worship. Sunday evening services are at 6 p.m. On Wednesday, we meet at 6 p.m. for our weekly Bible study along with our immersive student and children's ministries. Find out more at www.fbcap.net or give us a call at 863-453-6681. You can email us at info at fbcap.net. We'd love to connect with you soon. This is part of our current Sunday morning sermon series, Look and Live, Life and Light in the Gospel of John. Your copy of God's Word this morning and find the Old Testament book of Psalms. Just find the Psalms and turn there. I'm going to be referring to the book of Psalms uh, throughout the message uh, this morning. Uh, for those that have been uh, worshiping with us on a regular basis, you know I've been for several months been walking through uh, the book of John and, and all of my intentions this morning uh, were was to begin preaching in John chapter 11, uh, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And as I was studying this week, uh, I kept getting to verse 4 uh, of John chapter 11 and Jesus is referring to the idea that Lazarus is dead, uh, that he was going to go and to raise Lazarus from the dead. And in the end of verse 4, I never could get past that. It is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. And so all week, as the Spirit was just kind of, in my heart, working on this idea that Jesus was doing that, that this, this thing was happening so that God would be glorified. And so all week, I began to think about, wow, what, a, what an awesome statement that something is, is such a miracle, the seventh sign in John of raising Lazarus from the dead, and we're going to look at that in, in a few weeks in detail. But something that major was to glorify God. And I began to think about our lives. This is the last Sunday of a year. Uh, so many of us, you know, people always ask me, are resolutions biblical? What should Christians do? And I think sometimes we really overthink things. I've always enjoyed the end of the year because I do like a new year. I always say, what, what do I want to do this year as a, as a husband, as a father, as a, as a friend, as a pastor? What, what do I want different this year? It's not necessarily a do-over, but what can I do differently? And I began to think about that, uh, this idea that uh, I can do and live my life in such a way that everything I do, think about this, could glorify God. Now, I'm not Jesus. I'm not raising somebody from the dead. But what if we looked at our life that way? That everything that we do could glorify and bring honor to the Lord. That word glory is a word that's kind of hard to explain. Or, you know, what does it mean to glorify something? It's to make something known. It is to acknowledge something, to make something known, to give it glory. To, from the standpoint of God that we glorify and we praise God for who he is. So think about that. I want to ask you to answer this question before we leave today. Is my life making God known? 
is the way that I live my life. I, I wrote down in my, own little life, in my own little life, are the events in my life bringing glory to God? Do my decisions bring glory to God? Is my job bringing glory to God? Is my family bringing glory to God? Is my money, is my time, or my thoughts, or my actions, is the way that I'm living my life, is it bringing glory to God? Is the way that I live my life, this side of heaven, making God known for who he is? And making the gospel known for what it is. And that's a question I think each and every one of us need to answer. Before I was going to be preaching on this, I, I put together a little, a little handout. I like my little handouts. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was in there for Christmas. I figured I'd get it in there for Christmas, get the, the Christmas folks. You know, and you, you sit and you think about that. And, and you think about doing the things necessary to live the Christian life. Have you, did you take a look at these when you got in here this morning? Four simple little areas that I think that we need to pay close attention to. And it really ties in very well with where we're going to be looking at today to glorify God. My personal walk with the Lord. Now, I'm going to be real, be honest. Can I be honest for a minute? When are you going to quit talking about what you need to do and start doing it? I've been a pastor now for 20-something years, and the number of people that come to me, well, I just, I just, I know I need to do, I know, I, and there's a, there, there comes to be a time as a pastor that you just want to say, stop saying what you need to do and do it. You can have a close wonderful meaning relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ on a personal daily basis if you will do it it's crazy to think about what is available for us if we will do it and so I want to encourage you think look over these goals okay these focused areas and I want you to write out some specific tangible goals it's kind of the the Jesus honey-do list when I go to Walmart I have a list and I don't leave Walmart until the list is done. And if I go home and something's not done, I get, did you look at the list? Well, I didn't look at it. Look at the list. Check it off. I think goals and strategies are important. So I, I, I give you some examples, okay? Here's an example. I want to have a closer walk with the Lord. Now, if you're a believer, you should have that desire. If you're sitting here today and you don't have that desire, at the close of our service, I want you to come find me because you need to give your life to Jesus. A true believer of the Lord Jesus Christ wants to walk close with the Lord Jesus Christ. So here would be a goal, a consistent prayer and Bible study time. And here would be my strategy I wrote out. Okay, I'm going to go to bed earlier. I hate that. I'm not a morning person. Okay, well, how's that quiet time going at night for you? It's not going at night, is it? So that's why the mornings are so wonderful. You control what time you get up. You don't control what time you go to bed. So I'm going to get up early. I'm going to write it out. I'm going to go to bed earlier, and I'm going to get up at 30 minutes, and I'm going to be in the Word and prayer, okay? I'm going to follow a reading plan so I consistently cover all the aspects of Scripture. It's a simple goal, but it's something I'm going to do. We need to say, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to spend time in the Word, and I'm going to learn the Bible. It's amazing to me how much we know about stuff, but when it comes to the Word of God, we're like, well, I just don't understand it. It is the only supernatural book inspired and empowered by the Holy Spirit that's ever been written. To say that we cannot understand it is saying we don't have a heart to understand it. And if we've been saved, we have a heart to understand it. That ought to be the most exciting encounter we have every day. 
Secondly, I'm going to pray more faithfully for those in my, my family and church and workplace. I'm going to really be a person of prayer. I'm going to really pray for one another. I'm going to pray for our church folks. I'm going to pray for my work folks. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to follow a plan, and I'm going to be a person that is lifting up these things and concerns to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I put on there, because I think it's a goal we all ought to have, I'm going to be a reader. I'm reading some, uh, I just finished a book by Charles Spurgeon. Somebody wrote about Charles Spurgeon. And it's amazing to me, the men and women that had such a great impact for the kingdom of God were lifelong students. And they were readers. Do you know if you take a book like this, this is a book, a, a, a really good book. It's 200 and something pages. If you read 10 pages a day, how many pages can you read in a month? Okay, let's so say, I'm going to read 10 pages a day, hit or miss, I'm going to read this book in a month. Do you know if you read 10 pages a day of a book like this, you read 12 books a month? Some of us have not written tw read 12 books in our lifetime. You know who you are? I was the same way. I had not read a book until ninth grade English, and I read Old Yeller, and they made me read it. Spending the time necessary to learn more about who the Lord is and how you can live for him. So you take a look at that. It fits in perfectly with where I'm going. These were four focus areas I think that are important. The family life, my church life. I do have a typo in my family life. It should be quality and quantity. There's no such thing as, well, I'm going to spend fewer time but meaningful time. No, quality and quantity time. My family life, my church life. I tell you, great accountability for your giving. Part of being a church is the government allows us to write off our, our giving. That's not a bad thing. I tell people all the time, whatever the government lets me do as far as financially, I'm going to do it. So if I give, I'm able to write it off. You're going to get a statement if you're a member of this church at the end of this year for your taxes, and it is going to convict you. Because you're going to look at that and go, oh my goodness, I thought I gave more this year. And you're going to begin to think about, well, this is what I made this year, and this is what I gave this year. It needs to convict us. And so I would say, do something about it in a loving way. I can take you back to my kitchen table when Sharon and I first got married. And I remember looking at that, my, that, that statement from my church and saying, I am so tired of tipping God. And I'm not even a good tipper. You know, I was talking to a lady at the restaurant the other day, and I said, what, you know, we were talking about tipping. And she said, again, I've, I've had this conversation many times. She said, the worst tippers are Sunday morning tippers, Sunday afternoon tippers. Isn't that sad? Quit tipping God. Look at that, look at that, look at the, the amount you've given. Now, here's the thing about it. I don't know if there's a dollar amount we're supposed to give. The, the Old Testament was 10%. Uh, the New Testament is grace giving. I don't know. There's not a number to me. But I do know this. If you look at that number and you're convicted, that's not the right number. I do know that. I tell people that. I don't know what to tell you to give, but you know, you, you get before the Lord. Uh, great accountability this time of year as a church as we mail those statements out so that you can utilize them for your taxes. But stop tipping the Lord. There's not a person in this room that does not struggle with finance, no matter what age we are. But yet at the same time, the one thing that's going to liberate us from that is when we get our treasures in order. It's a great area to focus on. Uh, please take a look at that as we go through the text today real quickly. This fits in perfectly of living a life for the glory of God. Okay, so that was a, that was a promo long intro, okay?
Now take your Bible and open it up to the book of Psalms, starting with Psalms 115. I ask myself all week, Lord, I want everything I do to glorify you. Just as Jesus was raising Lazarus from the dead so that you would be glorified, let everything I do glorify you. And on the top of my head, I just wrote down the first things that the Lord, the, the Spirit put on my heart. What are, what are the things that if I just naturally do as far as my relationship with the Lord, what are the things that I need to be doing considering my walk with the Lord that will allow me to live that way? And there were three things that I thought about just within the first five seconds. My love for Him, my listening to Him, and my living for Him. If I love him and I'm listening and learning from him and I'm living for him, everything I do will glorify him and point people to him. Now, I chose the, uh, the book of Psalms because it is the, the hymn book of the, of the believer, the Jewish hymn book. It is a hymn book of praise and worship of who God is. If you read the Psalms, we see a majestic, a holy, a righteous, a loving, a forgiving, a just, a merciful God. And in the pages of the psalm, because of that essence of who God is and his attributes, it's very clear this is how we should respond. And this is how we should live accordance to who God is. And so what a great book to look at this morning. So number one, answer this question. Do I really love him? Psalm 115. Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Do you know why we love God? It's not that we love God. Sometimes I think we get it confused. Sometimes I think, well, I love God because he has done this. He has answered my prayer and given me the things that I wanted. I've encountered people that say, well, I don't know if I really trust the Lord because he didn't do this. And so as we think about our love for the Lord, why do we love God? It's not about what he has done. It's not about what he has not done. Listen to this. We love God because of who he is and nothing more. It's, trying to, it's like trying to convince someone to be saved. Well, you need to really be saved. And boy, if you don't get saved, and you, know, you just can't get somebody saved. They have to understand that they need to be saved. They need to understand that Jesus Christ is the only one that, need, that can forgive them of sin. They need to realize that Jesus Christ lived and he died and he rose again. And he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. And he's exalted as Lord and creation of all. That's just not something you can get somebody to believe. They just have to understand it and then they embrace it. It's the same thing for the love of God. You can't get somebody to love God. They just have to know who God is. And here's the great thing about it. The longer that we are a Christian, the deeper we should love God. 
The more we understand who God is and that His name should be for the glory. His name is the one that we glorify because of His what? Steadfast love and His faithfulness. Our love and it, we should understand more deeply His love and His faithfulness each and every day that we live our life. But to so many of us, we get to a certain point and we just kind of put everything on hold and we forget who God is. God, if you truly love God, you understand how to live for him. Why should the nation say, where's their God? Our God is in the heavens, and he does it, he pleases. The psalmist is saying, listen, they want to know, where's your tangible God? We don't have a tangible God. He's a God in heaven. We don't have a, an item, a thing that we worship. He is in heaven. Their idols of silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have moths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not feel. They have feet, but do not walk. They do not make a sound in the throat. Those who make them become like them, and so do all of us that trust in him. The gods of this world are nothing. Just to kind of fly through this text, it's nothing. Think about all the things that we're worried about. It's so temporary, it's just nothing. But then we're reminded, oh Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Oh house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, it's like uh, God is saying to the Israelites, to the priests, for whoever will fear the Lord, whoever, fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. To fear the Lord is to honor and revere the Lord. It carries, this, yes, this idea of fear and discipline, but it's more of a, a fear and an awe and a wonder of just who he is. I think about singing songs. I, 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 the, the, the song aspect of our worship, we sing the songs that we sing because of who he is. We give of our offering because of who he is. We seek his face daily because of who he is. And I can trust him. And notice what happens. Oh, if you will, because you are our help. And God is our help. And God is our shield. That word help in the Hebrew there literally conveys the idea, a promise of a blessing. God's blessing is God's favor upon our life. And, and God is a God that will pour his blessings upon us. He said, I'll be your shield and your protector. Thinking about our young folks this time of year, I've been meeting with a lot of, talking to a lot of our kids that are back from school and coming back and visiting family, and you look at them and you think, oh my goodness, what is going to happen to this next generation? It's so terrible. What are we going to do? I don't worry about that. I don't. It's going to be more difficult than what we had, but so what? God is on his throne. And the God that we serve is not a little God. He's our help and our shield. And I look at the next generation coming up. Yes, it's not going to be as easy as we had it, but praise God, it's not going to be as easy. God is still God. 
And if they will love the Lord and follow after the Lord and they will serve the Lord and they will trust the Lord, God's word says that I will bless you and I will be your shield and I will protect you. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. Verse 12, he will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any of them go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Praise the Lord. Do we love him just because of who he is. That's a simple statement, isn't it? Well, I just, I just, I'm not as excited as I used to be. Now, I always, sometimes I say things that aren't taken the right way. But I always remind myself if I'm walking with the Lord, blame it on the Holy Spirit. My wife will tell me, my wife's in the nursery. She's not mad and left me. She's in the nursery today. But if we think about different things, and this is one of those things that might give you in trouble. Well, I'm just not excited about the Lord anymore. That's a you problem. I've had people say this. Well, preaching just doesn't do anything for me. Say that out loud. Say this out loud. I don't enjoy gathering as the body of Christ sitting under the preaching of the word of God, singing songs that point to the glory of God and praising the God that created heavens and earth. That just doesn't excite me. That's not a me problem. That's a you problem. And that's so fixable. Love God for who he is. Not what you think you deserve and not what you think you ought to get. Just love God, love, I tell people this all the time, love the God of Scripture. Just love Him. Read the Word and fall in love with the Word and just love God. God, I want my life to make a difference this year. I want everything I do to glorify you, to make you known. Love Him then. Secondly, listen to Him. Now, I didn't come up with that just because it had an L in it. I just it popped in my mind. Listen to Him. Look at Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens, if you're there, say it. The heavens what? Declare the glory of God. Sometimes being down here in this time of the year, I, I'll take a picture and, and uh, send it up north to family or somewhere, and they'll go, oh, I see in the background blue skies. It's just so gray and cold up here. And I was like, well, I didn't even think about that. You know, in the background is a blue sky. Oh, God's good. He is God good. I mean, just literally walking out of this building, we understand, man, God is good. He created all of this. There's no way in the world we can explain this. There's no way in the world this evolved from a, a molecule in a mud puddle somewhere. There's no way. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord is manifesting himself through his creation. 
It's what we call general revelation that all may know him, that all, it's impossible to me to think that someone can crawl out of a prehistoric cave and look into creation and think, well, there's no such thing out there. Yes, all of mankind has always worshipped something out there. God is speaking through his creation. It goes on to say in, in verses 2 through 6, about creation and what it's doing. Look at verse 7 of Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping this great reward now we begin to talk about a specific revelation the law of the lord what god has said the testimony of the lord what god has said the precepts of the lord what god has said the commandment of the lord what god has said the fear of the lord the rules of the lord you notice what god is saying here yes i'm good through all of creation but what i say is also good and he spoke himself in the beginning god spoke he created then he spoke through prophets, thus saith the Lord. Then he spoke through Jesus Christ. Then he spoke through the apostles with the, the same authority the apostles had as God had the prophets with all authority to disobey the words of these people and of Christ with to disobey God. And now God has spoken to us through what? His word. But are we listening? The idea that we can open up the pages of Scripture and come face to face and heart to heart and mind to mind with God. But are we listening? Do we understand the treasures of God's Word and how if we read and, and study the Word, I would say this, so goes our time in prayer and the Word of God, so goes our walk with God. Have you ever known those people that can make the dumbest decision you've ever seen in your life? I mean, I think about this. I, I, uh, years ago, football's wide open. Y'all know football's wide open? And I remember taking the boys to uh, their first college football game. It's in Tallahassee, Florida. Their first college football game I took my two young boys to at the time was Tallahassee, uh, Florida State playing Clemson. And some guy runs out on the field. And I remember Brantley and Bryce were so little, and they were like, oh, my goodness, he is going to be in trouble. I said, yes, he is. And a little bit later, you know, the police come and drag them off, and they were like, why did he do that? I said, I don't know, but he's in trouble. We know why he did that. Because we know what he was doing the hours leading up to that night football game. I also know why we make the decisions that we make day after day after day. Because we're not listening to God. We're doing the same thing. Here's the thing about it. We do the same thing, but for some reason we think that this year is going to be different. No, it's not. It's going to be probably worse 
unless you start listening to the voice of God and following after Him, you're just going to have the same results. You're just going to be older doing it. How simple is it to just listen to God? And as we read and study the Word, we're asking the Lord, speak to me. Now, I'm real big on Bible reading plans and having a, a system of reading because I tend to be a lady D and I need my focus. But I don't go in there and go, oh, I read Matthew page, check the box. I read that. I'm a good Christian. I read today. Well, I'm following my little Bible plan. I've got my offering envelope. I went to church. I did all these things. I'm a good Christian. I'm even a good Baptist Christian. I do all the things I'm supposed to do. I even sing for joy, for joy and joy. Instead, we ought to be saying, I read the word because God's in it. I come to church because this is God's church. I, I give because it glorifies the Lord through my giving. I sing because I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to the Lord. I do all of these things because I'm having a, an encounter with God. Just listening to, just think about that. Listening to the voice of God through his word. Think about social media and the internet and your smartphone. How often do you pick that phone up to check something? Oh, somebody might like something I put on there. Look at the likes. Even when we take our pictures, I love, love the way y'all do it. <laughs> For the glory of God. And then check how many likes we had all day. For the glory of God. Father, I want to know you as I read and I study your word. And I do what is necessary to make sure that I have the time and the resources to do it. We just need to listen to the Lord and what he's saying to us and follow after him. We think about our future. We think about, we think about 2018. I'm going to be a granddaddy. I want to be a good granddaddy. I want to biblically spoil my grandchildren. You can do that. I've watched some of y'all. <laughs> I, I want to be a grandfather that leaves a legacy. And I mean that in a good way. That I want to be a grandfather that will point my children to the, and grandchildren to the, the holiness and righteousness of God by the way I live my life. By the way, I pastor his church. By the way, I treat his, their grand... We don't know boy or girl yet. By the way, I treat his grandmother. And I honor her. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have no way of pulling that off if I do it in my own. I've got to listen to him. And the more I commune with him in prayer and Bible study, the more I become more like him and less like me. And it's something that I must do every day, every year, as I live for his glory. So I love him. I listen to him. And then third, that leads to living for him. Psalm 103. Our last psalm. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. How many times have we sung that? Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me. Do we mean it? Think about what we're saying. Bless the Lord with all I have. 
Now, you know my sense of humor for those that know me. I, you know, it is what it is. I am what I am. I'm a redeemed mess. But I'm his redeemed mess. And never want to, we never want to justify sin. Well, that's what I, I do what I do because that's who I am. No, we're not talking about sinful that. But here's the thing. I, I had to figure this out as a younger pastor. I am what I am. And that's who I'm going to be. Not going to be Billy Graham. Not going to be Charles Spurgeon. Not going to be Jonathan Edwards. Not going to be Johnny Hunt. Not going to be those guys. I got to be me. I got to be me that loves him. And that I get to a point that I can say, bless the Lord, all my, oh my soul, all that is within me. I say, Lord, you made me. I'm yours. You've got all of me. You've got everything about me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Go back to that word forget. You know, one of the great things that Satan tries to do, he knows we'll never denounce or turn our back completely on God. But he... What he tries to do is to get us to forget about the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the promises of God. And as we listen to God every day, we're reminded of these things. But day in the day, Satan tries to get us to forget what God has already said. Who forgives all our iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems you from the life of the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. My goodness, why, how can we not bless the Lord with all of our soul because he has done all this for us? I mean, think about our salvation. Look what all the Lord has done for us. Why can we not get excited about living for him? Our iniquities have been healed. Uh, my sins have been forgiven. Uh, my youth is renewed like an eagle. Verse 15, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over and it is gone and its place knows it no more. Verse 17, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, to love him, to adore him, who honor him, who are concerned about the way they live before him. And you think about this. My mom used to tell me this when Sharon and I was dating. Now, you remember when you take Sharon Ross, that's her maiden name, when you take Sharon Ross home, Jesus is in the car with you. Now, what do you think a teenage boy does not want to think about when he takes his girlfriend home in the car? <laughs> In the driveway, Jesus being in there with you. Well, I enjoyed tonight. Me too. I can't kiss you because Jesus is in here. <laughs> I'll call. I would have been in bad trouble if we had cell phones back in the day. Isn't that amazing? We just called and hoped the dad didn't answer the phone. You know where the Holy Spirit is to a believer? He's right there with you. We fear the Lord in two ways. I honor and adore and I worship him because of who he is. But I also fear the Lord because I know he will never bless disobedience. He knows what we do before we do it because he knows the heart.
His everlasting love on those who fear Him. His righteousness to children's children. To those who... Let me say this. There's a, a segment in our world today, for some reason, that the Christian life is not about doing, it's about experiencing. And like a lot of things in the Christian world, there are two extremes. It's not about doing and just working and working and do and do and do and do. There's a, there's a, it, but it's also not about just be God, just experience God, just glorify God. I do what I want to. I'm just reveling in the glory of God. There's no boundaries. There's no dipping. There's no doing. It's, there's a balance. Yes, there's a lot of doing. Thus saith the Lord. Do this. I'll bless you. Do that. I'm going to judge you. That's still true. But there is that also of just experiencing and just love being in the presence of the Lord, knowing that you're not just doing to please God, but you're doing because He is God. And so there's always that balance. And somewhere along the lines, one of, we tend to be over an extreme on one or the other. But to those who keep His covenant and remember to do His commandments. Let me back up. But the steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, and those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. You want blessings on your life? Live for him. Let your life manifest the doing for him. I mean, Jesus himself was God in the flesh, but he did what the Father will. We can't just walk in a church every now and then and think, well, this is okay. No, we live for him every day because of who he is. And he will bless us. I want to be blessed this year. I want God to bless our church this year. It says it will bless not only me. It says from children to children's. You want to make an impact on those that are coming behind us? Live for the Lord now as a church and see what happens. We'll wake up tomorrow morning. There's going to be a new year. 2018, that's hard to think about, isn't it? What are we going to do different? We're going to let 2018 be a year that we glorify God with everything that we do? Then we have to love Him. We have to listen to Him and adore Him and worship Him. And we have to live for Him. Somebody say, what do you do? Why do you do what you do? Because of him. You know, it's like the things that I do, I want to do because I want to do them, not because I have to do them. I, I want to do them. I need to do them. There's a, there's a desire to do them because he is God. I can take this list and focus on my walk with him, my family life, my church life, my own mission life because I love him. And I'm listening to him, and I trust him. Next week, January the 8th, Sunday week, Monday week, we're going to enter a time that we've set aside as people. Pastors have just sat together and said, hey, let's put something on the calendar. Let's ask the Lord to bless something. We're going to put 21 days on a calendar as the people of God in this community and say, individual, this isn't a church program, this is an individual thing. 
Could you imagine what would happen in your spiritual life if for 21 straight days you said, I'm going to love you and listen to you and live for you in a way that I never have before. I'm telling you, God would do a work in your life that you have never seen before. If we would just turn our eyes to him. He is a holy, loving, righteous God. As we sing about him in just a moment, I'm going to ask you this. Do you know him? Has there been a point and a time in your life that you have repented of your sin, that the Holy Spirit has shown you that you're a sinner and you're in need of forgiveness and that Jesus Christ came as God in the flesh and he lived a, a perfect sinless life this side of heaven and he died on a cross for our sin? And then he rose again. And he sent the Holy Spirit down upon us. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of who we are and where we stand. Even right now, the, the Holy Spirit is convicting us. You may be here today and never trusted Christ. You may be here as a believer today and the Holy Spirit is convicting you about areas in your life. Don't you love the Spirit and the role of the Spirit? But if you ever confess that sin and you've come to Christ in forgiveness of sin and given him that sin and received that righteousness that he provides and that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're a born-again believer of Jesus Christ, you've followed through with baptism, yes, you've, you've done that, you've followed through with joining a church and you're plugged in and you're serving the Lord and you're living for him, that's what believers do. Have you done that? Are you living for Christ today? Let's stand as we sing. Lord God, as we sing of your holiness and your righteousness and your goodness, I pray that you would show us in our heart where we stand for you. And if there's anyone here today that needs to come to Christ, I pray today is the day of their salvation and in their heart they would come to you in repentance and faith. And for those of us that have come to you that are believers this morning I pray that we realize that this year is a great opportunity to live for your glory that we could stop playing Christian and stop playing church and start worshiping and loving you for who you are so Lord as we sing let us meditate on the things of you and if we need to make a decision today, let today be the day that we do just so. And this we pray in Christ's name.